Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, and that's InTheGymRange.com. InTheGymRange provides in-depth information from the high school, college, and NBA landscapes. They cover all levels of hoops, from high school basketball all the way up through the pros, so make sure you go check them out. You can find a link to them on our website, or just simply visit www.InTheGymRange.com. And now, on to the podcast. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to another edition of the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and I'm once again joined by my friends Neil and John, this time to provide our post-mortem on the 2017 NBA Finals. And in particular, I'm excited for this episode because we'll finally have something published, considering we had a technology fail the last time we tried to record, which was our NBA Finals preview, and the conversation never actually recorded, or at least my portion of the conversation never recorded. So there was just these long, awkward gaps, which was amazing. So barring any additional technology fails, we're going to go ahead and start off today's discussion with the obvious point of the Golden State Warriors becoming NBA champions after defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now guys, we discussed the series, the series ad nauseum kind of over group me, and then when we watched the game in person, uh, game four in person rather, on Friday night uh, at Poorhouse over in Gaithersburg. But now that it's all over, I'm going to turn it over to you. Just kind of general thoughts, knee-jerk reaction, takeaways, and anything else in between. I am so glad the Bulls never had to face the Warriors. <laughs> the, uh, that would have been an amazing series. But damn, the Warriors are uh, built to last, man. I don't know who's going to stop them. Um, it's like going to become an era of the super teams where like, you're going to have like three teams that are like contenders, maybe four, and then the rest of the league is just garbage. It's exactly what it is now, but I think it's going to become even more disparate. It's I think hard. you'll be lucky to have three teams. Right now, you only have two. It's really hard to consider the fact that there is somebody other than Golden State and the Cleveland Cavaliers who are going to play in next year's finals. Like it's just now we're really, going to get this like five years in a row. It's just really hard. As long as LeBron is alive, and as long as the super team in Golden State exists, like who is going to dethrone either of them? And we'll touch on that a, a little more as the podcast goes on. But really, I mean, who is supposed to dethrone either of them? I just I don't I don't see it. And I don't even. Well, you know, Boston it, could totally take the. No, no, I don't think that's going to happen. San Antonio and Houston, they could compete. No. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. It, it just doesn't it doesn't happen. Going back to the Bulls thing, so one thing that I found interesting was that a bunch of people or there was this media chatter saying that the fact that the Golden State Warriors lost one game in the finals somehow takes away from what they accomplished this season, specifically in the finals, or excuse me, specifically in the postseason. I think that's absolutely ludicrous. The fact that they lost one game, considering they didn't lose a single playoff game, and they lost game four, albeit by a, you know, a substantial margin, but they lost game four, and then they went ahead and took care of business in game five. And people are saying that, oh, they look at this team differently because they lost one game in the finals. I, I think that's insane. It's absolutely yeah, that's just incredible. That's insane because they wouldn't even be talking about it if they didn't go 15-0. and Like, if they headed into the finals as, like, 14-2... and and they won't. And they, you know, won in in uh, five. Everybody, oh, they're the they're the best team ever. But the fact that they actually went in to the finals with as twelve and zero, and then took it to fifteen and zero, that they have this kind of jaded appeal to it. When it's still, when you take your you take a step back, you're like, wow, that is pretty damn impressive. I mean, like after going, you know, seventy three wins last season, and then getting the same amount of losses in the postseason, uh, that team, like, you know, going going from whatever and nine to like 16 and or yeah, 16 and one. Yeah. I mean, people just need to not talk about that loss. Like that's, that's just a blip. It should happen. It's ridiculous. And yeah. so yeah. I went back and took a look at it. So if you look at some of the best teams in NBA history, we'll start off with the 96 bulls. Cause I think that's pretty much indisputable that of the last 30 ish years, that's, that's the, maybe the best team in history. Obviously they held a 72 win mark, you know, until golden state broke it last year and but won a title with it though. The bulls, <laughs> <laughs> as you have every right to throw that in there as a Chicago fan. Uh, the Bulls went 11-1 and in those playoffs. They lost an overtime game to the Knicks. I think it was like game two or game three of the semis. And then they let the Sonics take two of the finals, one of which was a 21-point loss. So the Bulls didn't even go undefeated into the finals, and they lost two games in the finals. And then if you want to go one step up before that, as I was digging around, the 85-86 Celtics, which probably until the Bulls 
of 96 were maybe the best team of the recent era, if you want to call it that. The Celtics also went 11-1 and in the playoffs, and then they dropped two to Samson Olajuwon's Houston Rockets. So the fact that we're picking nits over one loss in the NBA Finals, I think it's just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. And I, I, I don't know why it's the storyline, but it was a thing. It's because it's yeah. the Warriors and they got to talk about something because they didn't get a, any more games out of it. I mean, there are plenty of storylines to talk about, and we'll start jumping into a lot of them. And yes, they were all discussed, but the fact that you're trying to take away anything from this team, I mean, what we saw in the postseason, you know, in the field podcast that never really saw the light of day, we talked about this, but they, they, they weren't challenged in the postseason. Excuse me, until they got to the until game three, really, of the NBA Finals. They weren't even challenged. Forget a close game or forget, like, losing a game here and there. They weren't even challenged. Like, it, none of the teams posed a legitimate threat to take a game, let alone any of the series. And so the, the Spurs, Spurs did. The Spurs did. So Kawhi went out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like that because Zaza everything. being a dirty-ass player took that away. But, you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts over Christmas, we'd have Kawhi was gone. So it is what it is. And even then, like, it's really hard to see. Maybe they would have thought taken a game, but that San Antonio team, as we saw, was flawed. That they just, it's Kawhi and nobody else. Yeah. Kawhi and like, a, a couple no shows and washouts. They were, they were bl- the Spurs were blowing them out in game one, though. And then as, yeah, as Kawhi went them. down, it's like they, they just have no identity at that. That would be like, I mean, that's like the Cavaliers losing their LeBron. I mean, you lose your best player, yeah. like, your team is done. Your, your yeah. team just has no shot. Ch- no shot. Unless you're like, Golden State, in which you have three other excellent players. Yeah, right. But like, do you think that they could have gotten past the Cavs without Durant? So that's a great point. I want to possibly. Dive into. No, I, 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 and but none of us on this podcast are Cleveland fans by any stretch of the imagination. All of us have a vested emotional interest in seeing Cleveland lose. I think if you took this Cleveland team and you replaced Kevin Durant with a mid-level player. For the sake of argument, let's just say Otto Porter. Let's call him Harrison Barnes. Let's call him Harrison Barnes. That's a great. That's a great. Otto idea. Barnes. Let's call him Otto Barnes or Harrison Porter or whatever the hell you want to call him. I don't think the Cavaliers win this series. I think the Cavaliers win it easily. I think it goes to. Really. I think it's six games at most. I'm probably saying the Cavaliers win this in five games. Again, none of us are necessarily Cleveland fans, or none of us are even by any stretch of the imagination Cleveland fans. But two things were jumped out to us in this series, and as much as we want to begrudgingly admit it, number one, LeBron James, by any stretch of the imagination, or not by any other stretch, can be considered anything less than the best player in the world. He's still the best player on the planet. In the margin, you know, people like Paul Pierce and then other people in the media wanted to bring it up that, oh, maybe Durant is the best, or like it's, it's closing the margin. Durant was fantastic, and we'll get to that in a second. But I think the the margin is still pretty sizable. It's LeBron James and it's everybody else. LeBron's still your Space Jam first pick. He's still your, he's still the first call. It's when Rod Thorne was assembling 1992. The first call was to Jordan. It's the same thing. LeBron's still the first call. So going back over LeBron's stat lines: 56 percent from the floor, just under 39 percent from three, average 33, 12, and 10, a legit triple double in the finals. Didn't have a single game with less than 28 points. I don't care what the scoring was. I don't care what the defensive scheme was for the Warriors or lack thereof. The dude was still the best player on the floor. And to take but, it, go ahead. But he he did run out of gas. He ran out of gas. Because oh. well, I mean they they drove the car into the ground, and they, but you know his the first half of every game he was taken to the rack and was unstoppable. And then they get to the second half, and he starts taking lazier fadeaways like jump and, shots yeah yeah he takes bullshit shots or like in uh game 4 he was taking threes and actually he was he was drilling them I'll even go one step further and saying not only was LeBron the best player on the floor or reaffirmed himself as the best player in the world the Cavaliers had two of the best three players in the series and I will put Kyrie Irving as the third best player in the series Ooh. and you know it's coming over Steph over Steph I'll say. Yeah, Steph I, had I a damn agree. good series. And yeah, this but is coming like, from no one, from someone who we all know we, despises we all hate Kyrie Irving. Despises him. Kyrie Irving was the third best player in this series behind LeBron. Ky- Kyrie Irving's the best shooting guard in the NBA. Just don't call him a point guard. <laughs> Just I will not stop. call him a point guard, but he was excellent in last year's finals, but this year's finals, he was head shaking. 
Like his ability to finish at the basket, and again, we, as we're mentioning in the failed podcast, watching his ability to finish the podcast, to slice into the lane and drop the ball through the hoop, as opposed to John Wall just kind of cannonballing himself and hoping for the best or hoping for a foul. And we all, you know, John Wall is my favorite player in the NBA, no events or buts about it, but you could just see the disparity. You're like, holy shit, can that guy finish? And then his ability to score. I will. I have my bones to pick with the idea. With, I think Kevin Durant said it on the Simmons podcast, where he was like, "I think Kyrie Irving is more skilled than Allen Iverson, or a better scorer than Allen Iverson." I won't go that far, but I think that's a recent. I don't know. Thing. I mean, the dude can just score buckets. But, but that, like, see, that's the thing. Like the the only way that the uh, um, you know Cavs win a game is Kyrie dropping forty, right? I think it was game one where Kyrie was kind of quiet, and then two, the lights started to come on, and then three and four, and five for that matter. He was just, he was incredible. Game He, he kind of sucked in the fourth quarter of game five, though. Yeah, he was, well, he was, he didn't that, show they up. all went into full-on brick mode. They all just went into Hail Marys. Like, they were just throwing shit up, because you could feel the entire, you know, you could feel the downhill you know, Boulder just running over them when everything, it was everything that they could, what Golden State thought they could have tried in game four, the tables were turned and everything was falling in game five. Once they got back home, this is what everyone kind of knew and Cleveland fans were afraid of, that the shit that wasn't falling in game three and game four, it's going to start falling in game five, like it did in games one and two. I I mean, at that point, you're just, you're just, Hucking up shit and hoping for the best. I mean, except Jr. See, like that's the thing. If Jr. Smith had showed up for games one or two, yeah, I think we would have had a very different series. Jr. Smith, Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thompson, literally, he was on the back of a milk carton for games for for the first two uh, for the first two games. I mean, I know Steph Curry out rebounded him. Steph Curry out rebounded consistent. Yeah, yeah. Like that's just embarrassing. I went back and looked, and I think Curry had like 34 in Game 5, and I'm like, that's the quietest 34 points I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Or like, he had a really good game, although he was, I think, 22% from 3 for the Games 4 and Game 5, but like, from Game... I thought there might be a debate of Curry or Durant for MVP. No. I thought there might I don't be a think, debate. No, I don't. I think like, no, Durant, there wasn't. But I thought, yeah. you, you know, after the first like three games, I thought, eh, you know, this is this is kind of close. But I and mean, Curry still had a near MVP performance. But swinging it back, so bringing up Durant, the thing that you don't take that you can't take away from Durant, or the thing why I don't have a problem with the whole Durant joining the super team and winning the title type of you know storylines or detractors or whatever. Not only did fine Durant glommed onto a super team and he joined you know a seventy three win team or something, but when he walked in, he became the alpha dog. He was the alpha dog. He was the guy. Like it allowed Curry to maybe be more comfortable as the number two guy. Durant was the one that like any time bad shit was about to happen to the Warriors, he's the guy like here bail us out, or he's the guy who's going to hit a clutch shot, or here's the guy. He's the guy they were hoping for is going to kind of change to you know turn the tide, and. On top of that, when he joined, like we all cautioned against the idea because we saw what happened with the first Miami Super Team, where we're like, okay, if you bring these guys together, there's going to be an adjustment period, and they're going to have to figure out how to play with each other and stuff like that. That didn't happen with him. He came in and from day one; he was lights out, and maybe not day one, but like week one, he was lights out. And He's like, holy, holy crap! I have a point guard who passes the ball. Exactly, holy crap! Right. <laughs> I mean, did you see where Steve Kerr made the comment where he said fitting in Durant was? was way easier than if they had to fit in LeBron. Because no. the way that Durant plays, he just fits their system perfectly. Whereas they don't want a ball stopper on that on their team. They want somebody that's going to mix in and who's going to play smart basketball, who's going to set picks for their teammates, who's going to, you know, work within their offense and isn't just going to kind of, you know, mope around and just hope for the ball. And that's why, you know, Durant just fit in perfectly. And they, 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 they apparently had to tweak a few things. You know, he had some bad tendencies from, you know, the no movement, Oklahoma City, wait for somebody to pass you the ball offense. But yeah, it's once they kind motion. of, yeah, yeah once, they, once they got that through to him that don't just stand over there, go do this or go do that. And once he kind of clicked it, it all fell into place. And that doesn't, I don't think that works with every superstar. Well, that, yeah, that's a great point. He took to the coaching. That's another thing. He didn't come in and say, this is how I play. Adjust everything around me. 
kind of like what I like to think with Carmelo Anthony. Like, he comes in, he's like, okay, I'm going to be a part of a team. And I think, you know, the fact that the rest of the Warriors team were so willing to accommodate him and understand, okay, he's going to take X amount of shots. You know, we talked about this before the season, but the fact that Clay Thompson was willing to move down to third, if not fourth fiddle, the fact that Draymond Green was willing to move down to third, if not fourth fiddle, and they were fine with it because they saw that the sum of the individual parts would be, or the, the whole would be greater than the sum of the individual parts. Uh, that's what really brings me respect about this team. Oh, I didn't root for the Warriors because I'm a front runner. I hate front runners as much as I hate anything else in life. Me too. But it's because it was something we'd never seen before. I have no problem with the Warriors adding Kevin Durant or Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. The Warriors managed their cap exactly how a smart NBA team should manage their cap, and they were able to have everything aligned when the right circumstances came together with the big cap jump and Kevin Durant becoming available. What's wrong with that? They played within the rules. They didn't have any more, any more money than anybody else. This isn't the Yankees of the 90s and the early 2000s. They did it within the construct of the system. They just did it better than anyone else. And why are we supposed to antagonize that? But it's like, and see, these players actually have a choice, whereas when they're drafted, they have no choice. But it's like with like with like college football, do we get pissy when like players decide, oh, I want to go to Alabama? No, you go, oh man, look at Alabama, they're doing such a great job building the team, you know. Th- but they, those players that they pick, it's not that they're draft picks and they're forced to go there. They they select the team. Durant had an opportunity to select a team, and he said, I want to get out of. I want to get out of Oklahoma City. I want to do something different, and it looks like it's fun there. Yeah, I have no problems with it either. Like none, and and they were they didn't even have the highest payroll in the NBA this season. Nope. So, like, you can't really blame anybody for this. Like, yeah, complete agreement. There's a reason why Durant went to Golden State and didn't even entertain a conversation with Washington. It's because there's two different there's two different levels of how the organizations are, and why are we supposed to hate on that for them? Even though he spurned our Wizards and didn't even want to pick up the phone call to schedule the meeting, I still can't hate him for that. I can't hate him for it because it's like kind of the same reason why why I didn't go to Maryland, you know, and I just, I just wanted to get the fuck away from here, you know. I can understand the fact of wanting to not be in your homegrown area and just get the hell away. Or that's like you choosing where you want to go to school where one of your professors is a really good engineer and one of your professors is a loaf of bread. The loaf of bread being Ernie Grunfeld versus um So top top team salary wise, Cleveland, Portland, LA, San Antonio, Memphis, Toronto, then Golden State. So Toronto Toronto choked like God, they are so bad. They are so bad. And then so right I, behind Golden State, Detroit, Orlando, Charlotte, and then Washington. The fact that Orlando's payroll and Golden State's payroll in the same sentence is hysterical. They were three million apart. That's it. Three and, and a half. And Sorry. it's just a testament to how piss poor that organization was run. Washington Orville. is five mil back. Washington yeah. is five mil back. Hey, that's five whole million, okay? <laughs> but, but what it shows you is how quickly uh, your cap gets eaten up by a few players and a, a couple bad contracts in mid-level uh, free agents. They just they clog up the cap. You can't have that. You can't commit long-term money to average to below-average players. So what are you trying to say about paying Jan Mahinmi $64 million? It's freaking... We all Great shook idea. our head the Great second idea. they did it. It's like, all right, we missed out on all Horford, but we got Jan Mahinmi... Her- Damn it. Yeah. 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 Why would and he you... showed up? He showed up in the playoffs for you guys really well. Oh God, he was so bad. He was. He was. He was fouls. <laughs> he was negative, dude. He wasn't even foul. He was like, ne- like, con- consistent negative on the plus minus. Bullets Forever did something about him. Um, in one of the articles, they said they said, well, you know, you can always pair him with Jason Smith because that 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 actually helps him. I'm like. Oh. Anytime Jason Smith helps you, it's a bad sign. The fact that you're saying, well, at least we can pair anyone with Jason Smith and like exactly. and try to spin it as a positive. It's just oh oh my god. Apparently on their limited numbers together they were they were good, but I <laughs> Oh So years ago my uncle was getting relocated from 
company like from City X where he lived to City Y when he moved. And his company, as part of a perk or something, said, since you're, we're moving you to City Y, we'll give you, I'm just making up a number, $40,000 to spend on a car. You could just buy a car, consider a signing bonus or whatever. So he shopped around for cars and shopped around for cars. And ultimately he decided, because my uncle is Indian, of got course, and this is what Indian people do, he went and got a Camry and threw $40,000 into the Camry because he had to instead of buying a car that would be worth $40,000. So he basically had like gold-plated like seat cushions or like, you know, or whatever on it or like, you know, gold-plated trim in the Camry because he pissed away all the money that he had reserved for another car. That's so what basically Jan- nothing that increased the value of the car. Right. That's what we did with Jan Mahindi. We Excellent. had X amount of money earmarked for Kevin Durant. Durant said no. And instead, what we did was we spent all the money on Jan Mahimi. Not all on Jan Mahimi. We got Close Jason up. Smith and Andrew Nicholson. On him. Yeah. Yep. Could have gotten Al Horford. No, we, no, we could have gotten him if they could have talked his ass into signing the contract on Friday night. Instead, they let him think it over. Or even six hours before. Never let him think over. No, never let. You get that signature as soon as you can. Yep. It's like the old, I think it was Tony Kornheiser said it back in uh, when he was working, actually writing columns for the Post, and goes, whenever God starts talking to players, players stop talking to Washington. <laughs> that so, makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, that conversation was first pertaining to Reggie White. Cause God, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because Reggie White was originally in it. And then God, God told him to go to the Green Bay Packers. Right. Also, a lot of money told him to go to Green Bay, but that's neither here nor there. So, who's the uh, who's the scapegoat in the Cleveland series lost loss? I don't think there's a scapegoat. Kyle Korver, because he sucks. Oh, oh I love Kevin that! Love. I, I love that Cle- Cleveland is finally seeing what playoff Korver is. Yes, playoff Korver is your he favorite Korver. He was terrible. Oh my God, he does. He ah, he's, he's never a negative. He's a Jan Mahimi. <laughs> In the playoffs, yeah, I wouldn't be. You know, that's a fair assessment. The dude just doesn't show up in the playoffs, man. Uh, he's so skilled in the regular season. He's, he's just so got good. so he's got the yips. So he's like a a pro golfer that you know by himself he can he can you know he's he's getting pars all day long and then he gets you know in the big tournaments and just chokes because the mental pressure is too high. I mean, I just really think the entire bench as it was co- was constructed just it's like it sounded great. And then you realize it's not 2011 anymore because you're like, oh, I have Darren Williams and oh, I have Kyle Korver and I have Iman Shumpert. And it's like, okay, how did that work out for you? Iman Shumpert was horrible. I mean, just horrible. Either well, the think dead- about Shumpert and, and J.R. Smith. They're, they can't get rid of those guys. No, because they threw a bunch of money at him and you know, those were LeBron's handpicked guys. Because they had to. I mean, J.R. Buckets had his had a couple of irrational, crazy moments in the finals, and that's fine. But you know, it, it, he was just hucking up shots, and this time they were going in as opposed to the bricks that he's usually laying. But Shumpert was god awful. Kyle Korver was extremely average. Darren Williams, you know, looked like he was washed up three years ago because he is washed up three years ago. But the black polish that he uses for hair on his head was still immaculate. It looked perfect. It was shiny. It was flat. It was beautiful. It just looked like tar on his head. I really did. I kind of expected Darren Williams to show up a little bit more. He played well against Boston. Yeah, he was like serviceable, but he just couldn't. I I don't know. Like that's I think the series also just shows how non-competitive the East is right now. It's just it's like it's just not very good. Here's How, how many of those teams could have made it past like the. I don't know, into the into the conference finals of the West. Or that, even into the second round. So that's my question. Let's just say in some bizarre alternate universe, the Golden State Warriors didn't exist. None of the players, they're all magically transported or teleported to Dimension X. And all of a sudden, the San Antonio Spurs now become the best team of the West. What would a Spurs Cavalier series look like? I'm I mean, not, health, healthy? Like, as yeah. long as Kawhi is healthy? Right. Um, Assuming a universe where Zaza didn't stick his leg out and turn Kawhi's ankle, and like Parker is healthy because I mean him going down also yeah, like and Parker's kind healthy, of like just in some bizarro alternate universe. I don't know that Cleveland wins in seven games. 
Actually, uh, I kind of think now that I'm thinking I think about they, it, I they think do. they do too. They do. Because Lamarcus Aldridge is a bum. I mean, that's your X factor there, and he just has not proven that he can show up in the when the spotlight is is on him. No, he's no. such an empty calories guy. Now that you look more and more, now that you kind of realize it, if you can't thrive in the Spurs system as somebody who prides this game on a mid range jump shot, there's no hope for you. I think. Yeah. I dare I say he's kind of a diet version of Dwight Howard that he thinks he's a lot better than he actually is. Is he like a Carlos Boozer? No, God, nobody's no. as bad as Carlos. <laughs> Carlos was, is just, no. Boozer is just like, he was a meathead. Like, he's just a physical bruising guy who thinks he was good. But, like, LaMarcus Aldridge is kind of a bitch. Kind of. Yeah, he's more diva. He definitely he's, is. like, definitely more diva than Boozer was. Boozer, like, knew, like, he didn't play defense. Like, Aldridge at least, like, will claim that he kind of does. Um, but, he but, no, he's not very good. Oh, Carlos Boozer. There's a name I haven't. I've completely erased him from my memory. Thanks. Speaking Thanks, of man. hair you're, polish on the head. You're welcome. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the nail polish, like, just drawn on. Oh, my God. What compels people to think that that's a good idea to put on their head? Women. Like, a woman, Some a woman broad talked them into it. Yeah, a woman told them to do it. What else? What else? Is I it got this great hairstylist. <laughs> it's called make that bald head look so pretty. God, if the woman sounds like that, it's the last person I'm going to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> so Pal, yeah, the Spurs had Pau Gasol too. Yeah, here's another guy who can't play defense. All right, I think the worry, I think the the Cavs would have taken them pretty easily. But then, after, oh, absolutely. After that, so if you're okay. saying that the Caval- that 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 um, Golden State without Durant couldn't beat Cleveland, you can't you can't say that San Antonio could beat them because no. I still think that uh, Golden State without Durant totally kills uh, the Spurs. No, I think we saw it last year, and I mean, I yeah, I, I think LeBron and and I and Kyrie Irving were as good, frankly, if not better, at the risk of recency bias this year than they were last year. I mean, LeBron's were. stats net out better. LeBron was 28-7-7, seven, and seven, if I'm not mistaken, over last... Well, that was over the last three games of the after the 3-1. But, I mean, his stats were better. I think apples to apples, Irving was better. Supporting cast was the same, if not better. I think that, that series, though, I don't, I don't think Cleveland wins that series if Draymond and Bogut are still in it, right? Like that, they had also really nice things happen to their benefit there. And that yeah. that's also never going to be talked about. Like, you know, people will look back and be like, oh, look, they beat a 73-win team. But they didn't really beat a 73-win team. They beat a 73-win team that lost two of its five starters. I also yeah, missing think- Draymond in Game 5 was massive. Yeah. Because they should have closed it out that night. They should have done the same thing that they did this year, closed it out at home in Game 5. People alluded to it in a few cases, but I don't think it got its proper due about how injured or how not 100% Steph Curry was for the finals last year. Like he oh, was no, he was he was 70% at best. At best. Yeah. I, I think even that's a very very generous number. I think he was there. I don't I think people tend to overlook the fact they're like, "Oh, well he's playing tonight." Yeah, but you don't know what level he's playing at. I mean, if you've got 60% of Steph Curry, you don't have Steph Curry. And I think a lot yeah. of a lot of the cases were like, that's just what he was. He was playing out there because that's what his job is. And that's what, you know, as a competitor, he's going to want to do, but uh, he wasn't anywhere near the same guy. We saw Steph Curry for games one, games two, and by and large game part portions of game three and all of game portions of game five. Can, can we briefly touch on how this team compares historically? Cause I get very frustrated when all these, you know, older players or even older guys at work say, oh, the the 83 Sixers would have swept them or the Showtime Lakers would have swept them. And I'm like, this team has three of the greatest shooters ever on their team. They bombed threes when those teams didn't even think about shooting threes. They moved the ball like nobody else has moved the ball. They play great team defense. You can't tell me that any team in history is going to sweep them, let alone no. beat them. That's absurd to say that they would have gotten swept. Like sweeps are like, there's no way a team sweeps this team. I, I don't ever see that happening. 
Um, historically, it depends what area you're playing in, right? Like, are the refs calling pansy ass fouls? Is hand checking well, allowed? Well, that's the other thing you have to. It's like, which like, referees do we have? Do we have 80s refs or do we have 2017 yeah. refs? Like when Kurt Rambis gets clotheslined by Kevin McHale, is that just a common foul or is that an ejection? I mean, like, what are they going to do there? Like, so. But you also have the the thing where, like, let's say, like, they play the Showtime Lakers game one, the Lakers win. Then they go out partying all night and they're all over for the next game. <laughs> and Oklahoma City is still, you know, you know, they're they're still working their routine. They're extremely well conditioned. They're not out partying. They get their hookups in early. They get their sleep and they come out and they crush them in game two. So they don't need to go out. They got Tinder. See, that's I right. want to see. All I want to see is Dennis Rodman versus Draymond Green. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. That would be. <laughs> I, I think that's better than the Mayweather uh, McGregor whatever fight. fight. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. just a cash that's grab. Way better. That's, that's exactly. going to be so bad. It's it just is. a cash grab. Yeah. And I will not participate in that. I will <laughs> boycott it. Save my money. That would be a hell of a fight. Not the not Rodman Draymond. Yeah, Rodman Draymond. Yeah. Not not McGregor. And, and, so and, much uh, fun. Mayweather. So much fun. Can you imagine the trash talking? Would Draymond kill him? Can you imagine the dick kicking? No. <laughs> no, I think Draymond's I so, think Rodman, so much bigger, but Rodman's crazier. And Rodman's like skill just to like track the ball and actually rebound. I I don't think people gave that guy enough like Is I mean, Rod, he, no. is Rodman crazier than Draymond? Is he? He has I, to be, right? I think so. I think he is nuts. Yeah, dude's effed up. He's going to Korea again, man. Again? Yeah. They love him there. I mean, if he wants to hang out with, with Kim Jong Il or Kim Jong Un, let him hang out with Kim Jong Un. I mean, it's just. I, I just don't want to go with him. By the way, they're both six foot seven. Oh, nice. And then I would Raymond's have loved to see stocky. Pippen. I would have liked to see Pippen try to try to like handle Durant. I don't think you can handle Durant like seven footer who can shoot like that. It's like insane. Um. Or like a guy who's almost seven. I don't know how tall he is exactly, but he's up there. Six seven um, two twenty versus six seven two thirty. Rodman and in, in, uh, in, in Traymon. <laughs> what was it? Two Six, seven versus two thirty. Two twenty versus two thirty. Oh, that's, that's not amazing. much. That's great. That's a great matchup right there. Yeah. And and then, uh, you know, Clay trying to guard Jordan. I was going to say, could Clay guard Jordan? Good luck. And then you're you really your weak. Clay was like their best defender. He did an excellent job. He always in the is. He always is. Clay he's, was he's... really good. I think that is again a testament. Dare we go? You know, keep talking about him, about to Kyrie Irving and how good he was because Clay played him really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... there's there's a reason why the other guards were just complete poo. This this is because they were complete poo. Well, that and they also had stingy defense to go up against. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, by the way, as an aside, did you guys either see or record the 30 for 30 for the Celtics-Lakers? No, I'm going to have to watch that. I just no. I just started, I DVR'd both episodes yesterday, and then I just started watching, and I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm enjoying this. So, I like, they're, you know, I'm kind of at the part, I'm only like a quarter of the way through episode one. They're starting, you know, they're talking about the formation of the, both teams, and, like, they just drafted Magic and, and Bird. And you're seeing the teams, and you're like, I don't know, man. Like, those teams, come on. They can't compete with these teams. I mean, they're good, and Magic was amazing, and Larry was amazing, but it's like, and then what? You're trying to tell me, like... But the way that... Imagine, like, Kevin McHale versus Draymond Green. Yeah. Tell me that's something. Or Robert Parrish. Right. Come on. Come on. I mean, Robert... The way that we produce athletes today, the way that our youth programs are so hyper-competitive, they didn't have that 30 years ago. Like these kids now are they're they're literally bred to play basketball. They are physically conditioned and mentally conditioned to play basketball at the highest level. That wasn't the case then. You can't tell me that that they're the same talent level. Hey guys, it's Rajan. So if you're enjoying today's NBA podcast, please do me a favor and go check out a couple of other podcasts who are kind enough to sponsor this discussion we're having today. The first sponsor is called the Your Weekly Top Six Podcast. With the goal of engendering discussion and discourse amongst the population, your weekly top six features strong-minded and bullheaded friends Michael Tochi and Adam Lees offering their top six choices on topics spanning the entire spectrum that is the experience of life. 
Listen as they berate each other and tackle, tackle topics ranging from guilty pleasures, convenience store candy, senior crushes, TV theme songs, and anything else in between, while inviting you to offer your own commentary. Their hope is that it serves to foster debate between you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your estranged relatives, and even future enemies. You can find their Your Weekly Top 6 podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store, so make sure you go check them out because you deserve a little more. And the second podcast I want you to go check out is called The Healthy Lifestyle Show. Visit www.healthylifestylepodcast and subscribe to The Healthy Lifestyle Podcast to learn more about creating a balanced diet that can boost your energy levels and improve your overall health. And now, back to the NBA podcast. It's kind of like the concept when, I forgot what his name is, I can never remember it, when the, but the, when the guy broke the four-minute mile that nobody had broken it, and then the next year, 40 people broke the four-minute mile. Like, it's just every single time we get to some level of athletic achievement, just dare There's we another say, level. Dare we say evolution. Evolution takes place, and just it keeps going, and it keeps getting better and better. But, you know, however many years ago, the four-minute mile was a barrier that no one could break. And people could say, oh, well, this guy could have beaten this guy in a race, like, you know, you know, Jesse Owens could have beaten Usain, Usain Bolt in a race. And it's like, no, because it's just they're different eras. You can't compare the two. Yeah, yeah. there's different technology. There's different training. There's different medicine. Yep. Yeah. It's the, the, like, like the PEDs that LeBron's on. Different rules. Yeah. I mean, the rules are like, I think, I think that's the thing that people who haven't really watched way back when, like, don't understand some of the really important rule differences like they've made this game very tailored towards offensive offenses because they know that's what sells tickets yeah right well i don't i don't agree with like the you know the bill lambeers just you know basically shoving guys and punching guys and i well i did like the 90s where they had at least some level of physicality but yeah, the I, 80s was just the 70s can, and 80s they had freaking bar fights on the court <laughs> you can't have like that's the sad thing for better or for worse you can't have guys like charles oakley on the floor anymore who's just looking to punch someone yeah right? he wants to get ejected right right like, yeah. you, like you like a literal enforcer on the on the floor like you just don't have that anymore it's just not how it works for better or for worse i mean now it's a much more fluid game it's a you know basketball game it's all space space shoot a lot extremely popular game yeah that too Highest rated finals ever. All right. So you touched on this a little while ago, and I kind of wanted to circle back to this about, and Neil started off the podcast with this about what is the lasting power of the Warriors? So as they're constructed, yeah, I don't think there's a single team, even including the Cavaliers, barring any major move, and we'll touch on that in a moment, that they can make that's really going to beat this iteration of the, of the Warriors. But how long does this iteration of the Warriors really take place? So as going back and looking at this, the only players that the Warriors have under contract after this season, or like now that the season is over, the only players under contract, definitively under contract, are Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Looney, Damian Jones, and Patrick McCaw. That's it. That's their entire, like, definitely coming back next year because they are under contract. Steph Curry is a free agent, and he's going to want the Supermax. Durant is going to opt out, and even if he says he wants a pay cut, how much of a pay cut can we realistically expect him to take? And then after that, Email. Iguodala, Livingston, Wes, McGee, Zaza, Ian Clark, and James Michael McAdoo. You know, fuck the other two guys, or the last two guys, or the last three, if you include Zaza. But all of those guys are free agents. If you max out your cap between whatever you have to give Curry and whatever you're going to have to give Durant to get him to come back, what's left? Ring chasers. Well, it's easy. It's easy. They The key for them is they have to re-sign everybody. They have to keep re-signing everybody until they until they don't want to. But so, do, you, do you re-sign Iguodala because he yeah, played well? Because you can't get anything better. Right. I mean, That's the thing. Pay the money, for the pay value. the taxes, yeah. and just because he's the best player that you can get because there's no other options. Their only other option since they're going to be taxpayers is they're going to have like the reduced mid-level exceptions and then veterans minimum. So unless you want to just fill it out with one and done ring chaser hobos, you got to pay Livingston and you have to pay Iguodala. 
But see, that's the double-edged sword I, of Iguodala. I think they're going to go for I think they're going to go for one and done ring chasers if they can keep their core like their their starters. Uh, I think they're they'd be happy to find one and done ring chasers. Well, that, they'll fill out the roster. So what I think they're going to do is I think they're going to they'll keep their 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 four. You know, Durant, Curry. Uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, they'll keep them for the at least they'll they'll keep signing them for the next four years. Like each one of them keeps coming up for like the next four years. They'll just keep re-signing those guys and then filling out the roster. And they just get their roster is going to get thinner and thinner and thinner each year that they do the re-signing. So this year they'll get to keep a Guadala. They'll 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 re-sign Sean Livingston to anywhere from two to three year contracts at anywhere from probably 15 million for Iguodala, 10 million for Livingston and then they'll re-sign uh Ian Clark and they'll re-sign McCall when he comes up and whoever else their rookies are but then eventually Iguodala's going to go, Livingston's going to go cuz they're going to they're going to just not be worth it anymore and they're just going to have to fill out the roster with whoever their latest late round draft picks are and ring chasers so for now they can kind of keep things together for the next two to three years but then after that once they re-sign draymond in like 2020 they're going to be stuck with just basically it's rookies and ring chasers you just need to outlast lebron though right because he's what 32 now or he's like he's up there so i don't think he's gonna like he's he's got to decline at some point man like he just can't be like doing this the entire time i think he's starting to he I didn't think show signs. that. LeBron reminds me a lot of, and I hate to put the two in the same sentence because it opens up an entire another Pandora's box. But LeBron reminds me a lot of Jordan, circa '96, where it's the old saying where like he's not at the peak of his powers, but at 85 percent he might be better, or at 80 percent he might actually be better. I think that's where LeBron is. LeBron is definitely not at 100 percent in terms of what he was at his physical prime, but at some level he might actually be better because it's like the old, you know. You know, run, young horses run fast, old horses run, know the way type of mentality or type of uh, yeah, but he still runs out of gas. He does. He definitely runs out of gas. And, I mean, you know, he still has to go on his two to three week sabbaticals during the middle of the season and stuff like that. But you can't drive him. You can't play him for, you know, 46 minutes in That's the finals the thing, every exactly. game. Like, you can't play him for you can only pay him per game every 40. single in the regular season. I think whether or not it's because he's the owner, coach, GM, and czar of that team and no one can stand up to him. He's playing 42 minutes a game in the regular season. Didn't he lead the league in minutes in the yep. regular season? Yeah, yeah, I think he was. That's insane. Like if it should he, never happen. If he was in a Popovichian style rotation, I don't know that he runs out of gas in the playoffs. Look at how long Duncan lasted. No, that, I think that's like one of the bigger things they have to figure out. Cleveland's biggest problem is going to be how the hell can we make any type of adjustments to this roster because we we LeBron because tied you our paid hands. Tristan Thompson you paid too Tristan much money. Thompson you paid J.R. Smith and you paid Ian Amon Shumpert you you just paid all these role players and nobody's gonna and you have no assets to get rid of them you know it's not like they're just they've already dealt the their first round pick you know this year for Kyle Korver you you, you can only deal so many first round picks to do to do cap dumps also i wouldn't be surprised if corver ends up on the warriors no he's as a ring chaser he's ideally built for that system yeah he's unrestricted agent man he's an unrestricted pal gasol is totally see him signing there for a minimum contract wouldn't you rather have pal gasol than zaza oh come on i told you i'd rather have amit than zaza But Pagasaw is a player option, so we'll see. I mean, he's probably not going to get what he's he's making on the free market. He should um, take his option. He's yeah, he he's should. done. I don't know. If I'm Golden State, I don't I don't want Pagasaw. I want somebody that can actually defend. How much do you have to defend? I think you just need people who can walk, talk, chew, chew gum, and shoot. On True. That's what Javale proved to us. Exactly. So, right. What if what if you don't sign Igudala and instead you sign Tony Allen? Because Tony Allen isn't unrestricted right now. But you'd have to get him. He'd have to agree to a mid-level exception contract. I think he would. I think he would. He I, earned five mil last year. I think the question would be. Well, the mid-level's like eight. 
the Cavaliers did this a little bit in the finals, and you, it was very obvious. They kind of played the, okay, okay, Andre, shoot it. We dare you. They did this a lot with Iguodala, and they did it a fair amount with Draymond Green. And Iguodala, that's on, every so often, made them pay for it. Now, I don't think Tony's going to do that. No, yeah. No, Tony Tony just plays D. Yeah. He only does one thing well. At least Iguodala can occasionally play off it. That dunk that Iguodala had in the first half of Game 5 was nice. So he came down on the fast break. I kind of disagree. I looked at it, I was like, oh, he doesn't have the lift that he used to have. I'm like, wow, he kind of just barely got that. Like, I mean, it was a nice windmill dunk. It had had some authority to it. I, I liked it. It brought the energy. It brought the crowd. He was in. running in full speed. He cocked it back. I th- I thought in real time he really cocked it back, but then in the replay I'm like, okay, he just kind of partially cocked it back. But I thought that was an I thought that was a nice 76ers esque Iguodala play. I still got heart attacks every time he hooked up a shot. Every like, time Draymond shot, I exactly. was like, Ugh! yeah, Draymond. Yeah. Sh- it was exactly what you were saying on Friday night. It's like he was just like, no, every time he you know every time he shot. <laughs> That's what Kerr yells whenever right. he shoots at three. He's like, no! Don't blame him. <laughs> I mean, Jan Vesley's available. Jan Vesley is a, is a champion. <laughs> He's a champion. His, his team whatever, won whatever crap check Euro League he's in. And I watched his game highlights. All dunks. All dunks. If Jan Vesely became a ring chaser and signed with the Warriors, I might, I might just permanently move to a monastery. Jan <laughs> Vesely and Chris just, Singleton signed with the Warriors to chase rings. That'd be it. I just I, life is not worth living at that point. I'm trying to figure out like look at look up more ring chasers like who are guys who could be like you know put legitimate options, like. If D Wade wanted to take a pay cut, he he could easily go somewhere. I told somewhere. you, Neil, so many times. D Wade is the future of the Bulls. You need He's to stop going back. This. No, I would love for him to go with Chase Rings. So he can opt out, right? Yeah, he can opt out. And and he is he or will he not? They they say he's still mulling it. He's probably going to opt in because nobody in their right mind should pay that guy that amount of money. Like that would yeah. just be silly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to pick up. They're going to keep Rondo. He's another interesting. He's another guy who, as a ring chaser, could be very, very good. Um, oh uh, yeah, because playoff Rondo's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Or um, primetime Rondo, in, if you want to water it down, is is amazing. I think Tyreek Evans is an interesting fit. I think PJ Tucker could be an interesting fit. Todd Gibson, nasty. Give me some Todd Gibson in there. No, I think there's too much money. He, he'd ask for too much. He would, but if he really wanted, if he wanted to win, if he wanted to just go play it, like have fun playing basketball, that would be James Johnson is another really interesting one. Um, Darren he's Carlson like, could be a fit. Yeah, you know, it could really be a fit if he's a free agent. If everything is, if I'm what I'm reading is correct, Vince Carter. Yes, I was looking at Vince. Vince is definitely Vince is a free uh, agent. And Tabo, dude, Tabo Cephalosha, another Tabo's one. Tabo's a thing. I guess the pieces are there. Like, you know, there's a couple of guys that you're like, oh, this could actually be a thing. There's, there's definitely a lot of like fillers. And there's the buyout market come right. March. Jose Calderon. Your, your roster isn't built in the summer. It's built throughout the year. Yeah. You just start in the summer. You know, some GMs forget that, Ernie. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking you, about. Could it be Ernie Grunfeld? Do you think Jeff Green could could you know do anything? No. Like he's so no. athletic that no, he's it, so useless. Every yeah. single team is like try to talk themselves into Jeff Green, and they get oh, Jeff like, Green's really good, and then they all and then like, love sh- to wave goodbye. He shows up to practice, and you're like, holy shit, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, every, fair enough. There's so many teams who try to talk themselves into Jeff Green. Yeah. He's just one of those guys, you look at him, you're like, why do you suck? Yeah. It's like Courtney Brown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Luis Scola. That's give, a me guy. Some, give me some Luis Scola. That's a good ring chaser right there. Yeah, that's a great ring chaser. So opposite end of ring chasers. If you're the Cavaliers, one, do you trade Kevin Love? And two, is it realistic that they would trade Kevin Love and get anything legitimate in return? 
I don't see what you would get. No, you're not gonna. The dude, the dude is like still solid. He led the team in steals in the finals. I mean, that he just doesn't get enough credit, man. He just doesn't. But what are you gonna get in return? You're gonna get like two role players. Yeah, like what if you're gonna get like, some bench depth? Because you're not gonna get like a Jimmy Butler in return. You're not gonna flip him to to Boston and say, "Give me Avery Bradley and Brooklyn's first round pick." You know, whatever you're. You're not going to get like young assets for him. You're going to get just a bunch of role players. One of the ESPN dipshits was trying to promote a storyline where he's like, they should try to trade Kevin Love for Paul George. And I'm like, why would Indiana do that? I get yeah, it. I heard that one too. I get that Indiana was like, okay, they're going to get something out of it because Paul George. But they get a couple more walk. years. But yeah, I, I, wouldn't no. you? Wouldn't you rather ride with Paul George this year? try and help him as much as he can so that he gets a all NBA team and say, here is $35 million right. to stay on this team. Here's a $200 million Please contract. Please do so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, okay. So that's their best play. What, I guess the question there is what player would have helped the Cavs win this series? Nobody. Yeah, I don't. I I can't think. Unless, I mean, short I can't, of them assembling Dwight some, Howard, some counter. Get, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> get the hell out of here! <laughs> I mean, really, if Trist. So that's the thing is, like, really, you needed a shooter to show up, which J.R. Smith should have showed up. I mean, you can't really. I don't know of any like maybe a J.J. Redick instead of J.R. Smith, right? Like that's kind of yeah, an upgrade right nice. there, and then. You needed Tristan Thompson to actually, you know, not get out rebounded by Stephen Curry. LeBron made a very astute point. I think it was after game three where he said that to beat Golden State, it's not just a matter of playing well. You have to play an A++ game. And that was, I think, more than anything else is that you got A++ games from LeBron. You got it from Kyrie, but you didn't get it from all four games or all five games from Kyrie. You definitely didn't get it from all five from Tristan Thompson. You definitely didn't get it from all five from J.R. Buckets. Like, you didn't get – you got spurts, but to beat Golden State because they're just so damn deep, I think it's kind of like what we look at how we look – the East looks at LeBron. I think that's how kind of Cleveland has to look at Golden State, that the only thing that's going to beat Golden State is the disease of Moore – or players leaving, or the roster thinning out. Because as long as those four are there in their prime, and the point you also made that they're all in their 20s, you can't do anything. It's just They have no flexibility. They have no flexibility. It's not like there's a big cap spike and they can sign Chris Paul. Let's just say, for the sake of pure hypotheticals, that they, two hypotheticals. Number one, they somehow swapped Love for Carmelo Anthony. That's hypothetical number one. It happened this past season, and Carmelo Anthony was on the playoff run. Or number two, this offseason they swap Love and they get Paul George. Let's just assume in some hypothetical world it's an apples-to-apples trade. Is that enough? No. No, no. What if they did the—what if somehow they got the, uh, the, the banana boat? They got—they somehow free up cap space. They get some idiot GMs— to uh, take J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, and whatever other you know contracts that they have. Tristan Thompson, get get them all off the books, and they say, Chris Paul, we're we're gonna t- take this contract, please. And they say, New York, here's Kevin Love, give us Carmelo. And so you have uh, Chris Paul at the at the one, you move Kyrie to the two, you have LeBron and Carmelo playing. The, the three and the four, and then you get center whoever. I don't care. Zaza. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 you get Zaza. At that level. And then you, you, but then you're stuck with filling out the rest of the bench with whatever scraps that you can piece together. Is that enough? Because I think that's the best they could, that's the best they could hope for. So I need to, that's not even possible. My knee jerk reaction is you have to hide Carmelo Anthony's fat ass on defense somewhere. He's a stopper. They already do that. Right. With Kevin but you Love. have to hide him and Kyrie now. Love like Kyrie wasn't bad. They already, they already do that. Love wasn't bad on defense. I, he wasn't good, <coughs> but he wasn't bad. They would legitimately have to hide Carmelo because the only way Carmelo is going to run around chasing someone is if that, that guy was holding a bucket of fried chicken. <laughs> it would have also been – it's going to be much harder unless you have a defensive center. Like if you lose the defense of Tristan Thompson there, that's going to be much harder. 
yeah, maybe if Tristan Thompson's the five, we can start having this conversation. But, you know, Steph Curry has owned CP3. I am, you know, I'm one of the, I'm, I've never been a fan of Carmelo, so I, you know, I can't objectively say anything about him, especially as he gets older and fatter, emphasis on fatter. I mean, even the banana boat, maybe three years ago, it's like, all right, now now we're talking. But uh, but now, I mean, we have to remember Chris Paul isn't young either, and he's getting closer and closer to being on one knee. Right. What if you swapped Blake Griffin for love? You consider that an upgrade? Chris Paul be 32, nope. just turned 32. No, because uh, Blake Griffin can't play more than 60 games. And that's pushing it. Is Blake Griffin really that much of an upgrade? If you swapped out Blake Griffin for Kevin Love, are the Cavaliers a better team? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, think so. I, Kevin Love's outside shooting and and rebounding yeah, are I think Kevin way more valuable, more valuable than. Yeah, they complement LeBron much better. Yeah, yeah, fair point. So, but I'm just saying, but even like let's say LeBron flees to L- to L.A. and tries to reform the banana boat in Clipperland, like that that's it's still not good. But that's enough. also going to happen in two years. Right? It, no, you can opt out after this year. Very possibly could happen next year. Right. Right. The, the summer of uh, 2018. I think the only interesting player that you're like, okay, we can start having start start having this conversation is if somehow, and I'm not saying it's possible or I'm not saying it should happen, maybe Jimmy Butler, if you put him in the on the Cavaliers, it uh, makes things a little more interesting, but you'd lose, you'd lose love size. But I, think I don't know. I would love to know how Jimmy would feel about playing next to LeBron because I feel like he really has a has a personal rivalry with that dude. Wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't Unless know. you're swapping yeah. Kevin Love for Anthony Davis, I don't think you're <laughs> upgrading. <laughs> Anthony Davis would be fun. Now that's not not for oh. anybody else, but that would be perfect. That's that's the swap, but. No way New Orleans takes that. I, no. I just don't see any asset that they can flip Kevin Love for that gives that that increases their win share. So if Gordon Hayward went to Boston, how many games when did... Gordon Hayward goes to Boston? I'll still put it at if, right? I'll posit it as if right now. If Gordon, Gordon Hayward goes to Boston and they played a seven-game series against Cleveland, how many games do they take? With the roster as presently constructed, two, yeah, at that, best, that's mine. Yeah. That's, 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 well. that's not going to do it. I don't think Gordon Hayward really moves the needle for Boston. Period, because he's he's such a negative on defense. I just, I don't. Yeah, know. they I already have to hide Isaiah as it is. Right. Exactly. And you had peak. I think another thing that people are overlooking. You had peak Isaiah this year. It's realistic that he go, you know, he regresses maybe 10%, maybe 15%, not much. I'm not saying he's all of a sudden going to turn into Tyreek Evans, but like he regresses a little bit. I, kinda, I know it would be a terrible PR move, but I would try and ship him this summer. Yeah, I, I actually really hoping that they, like he makes third team all NBA or something next year and they pay him the $200 million and just clog up their cap. I mean, oh, that, that'd be beautiful. That's, 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 <laughs> I don't think Danny's that dumb. Fan, that, no, I don't think Danny's that dumb either. But no, as a Wizards Danny fan, that's what I'm hoping zero. for. See, unlike, unlike Ted and Ernie, um, Danny has no loyalty to any players. Like, he'll, he'll deal anybody. He doesn't care. They're, they're just names on a, on a spreadsheet. Well, it's, it's, it's a great point because who on Boston is Mr. Celtic right now? Nobody. Isaiah, they love him. Yeah, they love that dude. But he's been here for like seven minutes. They'll yeah, trade but him. they still they love him because the kids love him because the kids look up to him. Well, some look up to him. Others look down to him. I was gonna say. If you like, if you you know, you can probably go to the Bulls and be like, hey, we have this you know really cool guy who drew in fans called Isaiah Thomas. You know, give us Jimmy for him. Like Boston would just fall in love with Jimmy immediately anyway. So I, I don't think like they would care. It really depends who you replace them. I don't think Chicago. Would no, be they inter- love their team enough. They don't care about the players. Chicago wouldn't be interested in Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas can shoot. So Boston, Chicago, Boston, Chicago would be like, no, there's no oh, place yeah. from here. 
No. No point guards that shoot. No, no none of that here. That. I think they might be interested more like a Tabo or a Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They're like, that's the skill set I'm looking for right there. Can't shoot to save your life? Welcome to Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Was Chicago like desperately hoping that Hoiberg got the Ohio State job? Um, I know some of the fans are. I don't really know if the team is. I mean, because who's out there that he's going to coach your team? Anybody who are the who are the free agent who are the free agent coaches? None, because nobody's been fired yet. Yeah, like that. That's like a uh, something that's nobody's really mentioned. Yeah, yeah we didn't, we didn't really have a Black Monday in in the uh, in the in the league. It's been quite uh, refreshing. Good for them. Yeah, to job security. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Congrats, coaches, for all of you listening. Do you guys care? about I think Hoiberg's probably the only worst coach. I do, but I don't. Yeah, not yet. I, I, I'm just still recovering from the season, but yeah. uh, I still got to – I just want to see – I just – personally, I want to see Levo, uh, Lonzo drop to, like, three. Just to see just to see what that jackass has to say after the fact. Would the Sixers <laughs> take him at three? Well, I don't care. Drop yes. him three or less, that's all. But, yeah, anybody – Although he's a, redund- should, he's a redundant yeah. skill set to Ben Simmons. Completely exactly. redundant skill set. Exactly. He does not fit. Like if you're the if you're the Sixers, then I would I would try and trade that pick as fast as I or you know. So only because you opened that door, I was going to say well, so, well we were going to save the draft, but I, I the the Philadelphia discussion. So the hot rumor that has been Philadelphia trading number three to Sacramento for number five and number ten. Which if I'm Philadelphia, I, I do, do that in a all hot day second. long. I do it I, without blinking. I would say, here, give me five and ten. Because I love, I was just playing around with this, but if let's say Philadelphia trades back from number three, you could take, because Philadelphia needs more than anything else, they need shooting. They just need simply guys who can put the ball through the hoop. Give me Malik Monk. Malik Monk is the guy that I keep going to. And I'm like, <laughs> put Malik Monk and then figure out some other point guard. There's the, there's the, there's the, the European guy. He's black, but he's European, whatever that is. Frank Middle. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Frank something or other. He's Frank the Tank for all intents and purposes. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Hope. Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith or the white guy from uh, Arizona, like, hoping he falls. And now all of a sudden you have pieces. Yeah. As but then, to, like, I don't want Philly to get better. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, as a hinky stan, I am, or as the kids like to say, I'm a hinky stan. So as a, as a diehard hinky apologist, I want them to do well. But as a rival in the East, I don't want them to do well. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat. I'm on the same boat because I really thought Hinky got like a, a I he did his freaking job and he did it fairly well. He just didn't take it. He honestly didn't take enough risk. And now they yeah. kind of like are in an opportunity to reap the benefits and he's he's gone and you got these freaking bows. Do you guys watch the game of zones? Um, the uh, Leecher Report? No, no, there's no. So if you actually watch uh, Game of Thrones and you apply it, it's hilarious. But they did one episode with with Joel Embiid and and Sam Hinkie, and it was it was hilarious. I will have to go it back was, and look at this, even though I don't so, watch Game of Thrones. You don't even need to watch Game okay. of Thrones to like just appreciate it, because like basically like Joel Embiid is like kind of like this zombie character that they pump up with drugs to like get him on the court, and Sam Hinkie, you know, is you know, kind of pushed out. And then they have the Colangelos and they're just these buffoons. Which is accurate. Yeah, and so funny. They're like, but we got a first round pick for Nerland's Noel. And they're like, it's, you know, top 15 protected, but it's still a first round pick. You know, it's it's hilarious because they just portray it so well because Sam Hickey was, he was actually intelligent. And then you just handed the reins over to the typical hierarchy of buffoonery in um executive management or just as, retreads uh, yeah well you yeah. know it's the shit that won't flush down the toilet like you just want to we're used to, to that here in dc yeah yeah i mean that's what the entire city is um so but it, i don't i think sacramento would be stupid to make that trade vivek if you're listening that means that's your green light to make the trade yeah yeah do it i think that'd be crazy to make that because because Sacramento has just as many holes as Philadelphia. But Sacramento like, is going to fall in love with some player. They're going to what they're going to do is going to tell everyone we love De'Aaron Fox. We love De'Aaron Fox. We're going to go up to number three for De'Aaron Fox, and then they're going <laughs> to and then they're going to take the kid from Gonzaga. 
who's like a t- it was like you know who should go at number twelve, and they'd be like, "This was the plan all along. We fooled everyone." Meanwhile, you know, Vladdy's flopping in the corner and smoking a cigarette. So, and- I mean, shouldn't they take like a Jason Tatum and whatever else you can get at like number ten? Yeah, they could. They should if they were competently I mean, that- run. I mean, that's what I would think. I. So the other storyline that I'm kind of interested in is the Lakers taking Josh Jackson. I think it's all a bluff. That's all a bluff. The Lakers are. Gonna it is, but it, Lonzo. but it isn't. The Lakers are going to take Lonzo. It's going to happen. <sighs> it's just going to happen. We need to stop telling ourselves it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, what is, if, what's the if I was it? the Sixers, I take Josh Jackson at three. That'd be my pick because I think that he would fit in with the seventy. 76ers well now if they could trade back do the theoretical trade they could still possibly land Jackson or De'Aaron Fox or Malik Monk and then get whatever you're at 10 even with the asshole dad I'm taking I'm taking Lonzo at number two I I just don't think he has it I could totally be wrong yeah, I, I'm not good at scouting the NBA draft either. I was a buddy healed all over that one last year, and look how that worked out. So I'm clearly hey, not. It's when, not my forte. When De'Aaron Fox just shut down um, Lonzo Ball in the Sweet 16, that really put a sour taste in my mouth. Hey, hey, it's because Lonzo Ball was playing with too many white guys, according to his father. That's the reason why it happened. So Wasn't he hurt? Lonzo? Did he, yeah. Did he get know, hurt? I don't think it was an injury. Oh. No. No, he just had sand in his vagina. Ah, uh, fair enough. His brothers are bums. His brother's going to be like Marcus Vick to Michael Vick. I can write that down, I promise you. <laughs> They're all going to be Marcus Vicks. I promise you. Both of them? Yeah. Le- They're Angel- already both committed Le-Angelo to UCLA. And, Le- and whatever the other kid's name is, like, they're all going to be... They're they're gonna be complete bums. I think I think Lonzo is going to be... Beanie good. and LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. LinkedIn, right. That's the other one. I... Th- they're going to be bums. I think they're all going to be trading off their, you know, their brother's name. And they're all going to be wearing their big baller stuff, and they're going to show up to college wearing all this crap. They're one year of college, and they're going to be bums. I, w- I just, I just want to see the whole family go bankrupt. They're going to be Sebastian Telfair. That's what they're going to be. Both of them. I don't even want to be that. I just, I want the whole family bankrupt. Just bankrupt. They just, they annoy me. All right, we'll save the NBA draft Which? conversation for a little bit later. Um, we'll probably either talk about it right after it happens or right before it happens and maybe mix it. I was going to say, it doesn't happen stuff. next week? Doesn't yeah, it's in a week. Holy crap. Yeah, it's com- it comes up quick, man. Oh. When, are the, when are the player awards? When's that? Like right happen? after. Like the say, night after. Let me know when that happens so I can make sure I don't watch it. Yeah, exactly. I can make I'm sure really want to see what Drake has to say. I will, I'll make sure I spend <laughs> the evening watching Paint Dry <laughs> instead of watching that. I think I would rather watch uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Let's not push it. I'll just. I don't think I've ever watched in my entire life. I'll just turn off the TV. Yeah. I think I'll take a nap. And go for a long walk off a short cliff versus watching either of those. So. All right, guys. Thank you very much for everyone who's made it this far through the podcast. If you haven't done so already, please, please, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some feedback. Check us out on SoundCloud. Leave us feedback there, too. Tell us we're great. Tell us we're terrible. Either way, it's fine. We'll live. We'll still go to work tomorrow and everything will be normal. Um, Till next time, thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.